parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents podcast, a Saddleback Parents podcast has arrived and we're here to help you win at parenting. As parents ourselves, we know that parenting is the toughest, most important job on the planet. You can't possibly do it alone. And now you don't have to because we're your people. Connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, visiting us at onpurposeparents.com and tuning in every Wednesday with Kurt, Grace, and Chris for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. Well, welcome back, everybody. As always, my name is Kurt. I'm here with the wonderful Grace Yoon. And, hi, everyone. Oh, sorry. And I stepped all over her. Welcome. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to want to say hi. I, thought I know. I, was just I, just, gonna... I just barreled my way that in. Was good. You well, were on I a roll. Sh- I should have paused. You were on a roll. I, forgive me for that. I you know, you've in. been going since. You were hey. surfing early this morning. I was surfing early this morning. And yeah. you came in and just. And I'm still. Smelling salty. I'm oh. still a little bit chilled. <laughs> it was so cold this morning. Mm. Um, maybe. Have you guys ever been like snowboarding or up in the snow when your fingers get so cold yeah. that what do we call it the dexterity yeah you, you can't move them you can't move you, them they're just you can't grip your slow. keys you can't for in, for me this morning i could barely oh. like get the zipper on my oh. wetsuit that i was shaking fun. it's fun no <laughs> that part no that part's not fun i mean the surfing because when you're it, the the good part about this time of year is oftentimes in the morning the air is colder than the water Mm. So you're you're really cold, and you actually get in the water, and you feel warmer in the water. The problem is, then you get out, and you're wet, oh. and then the cold wind hits you, oh, and yeah. it's brutal. Nice. That why just, I do it? I'm not even that good. I'm not, I'm not even a very good <laughs> surfer, but oh, I do it. it. No, I'm not, Chris. But it keeps me feeling young. So, well, per- you know what you you need to get is one of these. Uh, people aren't watching on YouTube can see, but I always have these around me. They're the little hot hands. And they keep you warm. And I just love being warm. So whatever you describe yeah, just sounds really uh, not exciting. But yeah, I always keep these on me. Well, we ride our bikes. So my buddy lives in San Clemente. He lives about a mile or two from where we surf. But I live, you know, a 20 minute drive. So we all meet at his house and then we ride our e-bikes down. But again, this morning on your e-bike, it's <laughs> he had not hand warmers. He had um, electric gloves. Oh wow! Battery char- rechargeable heated gloves, oh. like your heats, like your seat heaters in your car. If you have my yeah. my wife's car has those, my truck does not have seat heaters. But he had glove heaters. He was very proud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough of that. Let's jump in. We are in our fourth week of our boost series. If you've been following along. Um, you know that for the last three podcast episodes, we've talked about boosting various areas of your family. If you're newer to podcasts and you want to, you can kind of scroll back um, the last three episodes. We've talked about different things we can do to boost different aspects of our family, including, of course, raising our kids. And today we're going to talk about one that I think might be the most, not the most important necessarily, but it, it's for sure the one that I think the most parents will resonate with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have a newborn. It doesn't matter if you've got teenagers. It really doesn't matter if you're a married couple. Maybe you're a single parent. In fact, I would pause and say for our single parent friends, this one might resonate mm-hmm. a little bit more, right? Because one of the challenges, obviously, of being a single parent is you often feel like you're doing it all alone. Mm-hmm. You, you don't yeah. have you don't have a built-in ally 
uh, when you're frustrated or when you're in over your head, married couples have the benefit of kind of tapping out for a minute and saying, Hey, can you take over? Can you take this one? She's driving me crazy. You, you know how to, you know how to relate to her yeah. better than I do. Can you? And um, if you're a single parent, we recognize, man, you don't have that. You don't oh, have that yeah. privilege, that blessing. Um, and so, single parents, this one may be a little bit more for you than for others. Although I think it's also, and we'll get to it a little bit. Um, this is more of a mindset, I think, of our hearts than it is a result of our position in life. Mm. So I do think parents who are partnered together struggle with this just as much as a, as a single parent because it's a mindset as much as it is a result of our station in, in life. So what we're going to talk about today is how do we boost our patience mm. when we're raising our kids? Now, when you're raising kids and you're married, sometimes kids bring out the worst in each other and you have to boost your patience with your spouse. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> that I'm sure there's plenty of awesome marriage podcasts out there. They'll talk about that. Mm. We're going to talk about how do you boost your patience with your kids as has become sort of the norm on, in this series. We've each got three and I'll jump in. Yeah. Is that, you're looking at me like you yeah. want me to jump in. Okay. Yeah. We actually, uh, well, we were comparing our notes right before this. Like we mentioned before, we don't like sit and kind of come up with these things together. Kurt brings his thoughts. I bring our thoughts. And we were looking at our notes right before recording. And our first one is actually exactly the, exactly same. the same. So I think you're going to kick it off. And I'm going to add a little bit of thoughts. And to I'm going to be very short because your thoughts are going to be much better than my <laughs> thoughts. She's sort of like the Lord. Her thoughts are wow. higher. Her thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Her ways are higher than my ways. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to make sure Sam listens to this podcast yeah, because you know this is coming from Kurt, and he's going to take <laughs> notes on the very comment you just said. So my my first tip, if we want to boost our patience, is to know our triggers. Mm-hmm. And you actually, your, your wording was the exact same. It was exactly know the same. your triggers. Yeah. Um, triggers is sort of a trendy word in the last 10 years or so. Really what that means is just what sets you off? Like yeah. what, what tips you into the impatient mode? And you need to know what those are primarily so that one of, one of the things I think about impatience that's where it gets tough is we oftentimes don't see it coming, mm. right? It's like everything's going well. And all of a sudden we have this short fuse and that's, I think that's what impatience is. Patience is a long fuse. Mm-hmm. Impatience is a short fuse. And if you don't know what triggers that, like what lights your fuse, what lights the fuse and, and what, what is it about that that makes a fuse so short? Um, if you don't know that, then you, you can't get better at it. And it's going to be different for every parent, but every parent has something. It might be they, they, it, they don't listen to me the first time. They don't have first time obedience. Mm-hmm. And that triggers me when they don't do their chores, when they know they should, that triggers me when they roll their eyes. Mm. I'm fine. Everything's great until they roll their eyes. And I know that my impatience trigger is when they roll their eyes, because to me, that's a sign of disrespect. It's a sign of sarcasm. It's passive aggressive. And I just don't, I have a trigger for that. So know your triggers because then you can go, okay, what's behind that trigger? Is it a healthy trigger? Is it an unhealthy trigger? How do I combat that? So it starts with knowing your triggers. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And the thing that I would add to that, since we had the same thing is once you identify your triggers, pick just one, just one. 
and come up with a small mini plan. That's one advice I would give on this first topic that we have. I think a lot of times when it comes to being patient or impatient, we're really always just like wishing. Like, oh, I wish I was more patient. I wish mm. I was, I didn't react that way. And we're not, we're always just wishing and there isn't anything concrete. But if we really want to be intentional, we can, once you identify what your triggers are and you just pick one and I'll, and I'll say why, just one um, a little bit in a little bit, then you can come up with a really creative idea. So one example for me is one of my triggers is when I feel pressure to make a decision when I'm, um, when there's not enough time to think it through. This comes up a lot when I'm working from home, I'm having meetings through Zoom or Teams on the laptop, but my kids are also at home. So they'll come in and they'll ask me a question and sometimes I'm really good at it. They'll ask me a question if it's like, can I have goldfish? I'm, I could be actually even like leading a, a meeting or something, but I could learn, lean back and be like, yeah, go ahead, have that goldfish. You know, I can, right. I can answer real quickly in that meeting mode, but sometimes they'll come in and they'll ask like, can I go play with neighborhood friends, like go out? And then suddenly I'm like thinking, and I'm in a meeting, I'm thinking, okay, wait, what time is it? Like, what's their next activity? Like, have they done their chores? And then suddenly I'm like losing track of what's happening in the meeting. And then it just spikes. Like you said, that short fuse, it like spikes your impatience. It like hits you. And then, you know, I stay calm, but I'm like motioning at them, like get out of the room, you know? And then after the meeting's over, I'm like, guys, you can't interrupt me. I mean, I just, you know, I'm yelling, I'm impatient and it's not how I want to be. So once I identified that, one of the things that uh, my girls and I have talked about was I let them know, guys, you know, actually, these are one of my, this is one of my triggers. When this happens, I, I tend to kind of, my, sh my fuse is short. So one thing we came up with is, why don't you write a note and slip it to me? Because I can process better, I think, when I'm multitasking at work in a meeting when I see a note. And then the other thing we talked about was let's talk about our afternoon schedule in the morning before you mm. go to school. So I can kind of, we're both just are the three of us are on the same page right? and coming up with that plan was super helpful. And, and I do want to say just because, mm -hmm, because the yeah. plan, that's sorry to interrupt you. But no, absolutely. The, the, the plan creates less spontaneous mm -hmm. questions and opportunities that if they, if they have no idea what, what, the plan is after school, of course, they're going to have 25 questions. Right. Yeah. But if you plan ahead, it eliminates some of the in the moment decision making that is a trigger for you. Exactly. Other parents, that's not a trigger at all. They love that. They love figuring out on the fly what we're going to do. But for you, it's a that's trigger. an example of your trigger. Right. So we're triggers. being intentional yeah. about it. And, and I did want to just emphasize if you're starting this journey of discovering what your triggers are, just to start with one, mm. because again, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents to be like, okay, I'm going to be patient now. And then you just think I must be patient in every area of every aspect of my life. And you're going to fail at that. And then when you do, you'll feel bad. Yeah. And then you'll probably feel like, what's the point? I'm right. not going to try anymore. Yeah. But if you just pick one yeah. and you be intentional about a potential solution, maybe it's something even as silly as if I feel my spike of impatience, I'm going to do 20 push-ups before I can say a word. <laughs> That's my little intervention or whatever it is, you can be creative. You're much more likely to be successful. Yep. And then that success will right. encourage more success. Yeah. Well, and patience is also one of the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that sometimes you read scripture and you go, okay, patient, the fruit of the spirit, that's something that God has already promised and said is 
in us mm. as as believers who have this uh, the Holy Spirit that these are the fruit of of that or these are some of the evidences of that relationship. Um, so patience is one of those that I think we kind of have some some authority to say, hey Jesus, you promised that that I could have more, some patience because I'm your kid and oh, your your good. Holy Spirit is is in me, and your Holy Spirit brings the fruit of patience. Mm. And I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. Can you, can, can, can you help me? Right. I mean, please, please. I need I some mean, more. We, we, it's sort of like, God, I'm going to do my, I'm going to do my part of the work and I'm asking you to do your part, to do your part, which is help, help this develop a little bit more in me than I'm currently seeing. Um, my, my next tip is that if we want to boost our patience, I think we need to practice the power of the pause. Mm. I think one of the most powerful buttons on technology that's ever been created is the pause button. I, I remember when it was TiVo. I think TiVo was the first DVR. That was a brand. And it was so popular back in the day that you would, hey, are you going to TiVo that? Are you going to TiVo that? Are you going to record it, right? right? Digitally record it. But the thing that was crazy with TiVo was you could be watching something live, like a live football game, and you could hit pause, go get your snack, come back and hit play and you would, you would pick up the live football game right where it was left off. And I remember, and this goes back, what now, 20 years, maybe my mind was blown. (laughs) How is it possible? How is it possible for me to pause a live football game? The players don't pause because I hit pause. My neighbor (laughs) might not be hitting pause at the same time I'm hitting pause. How is this, this technology of pausing a live event was revolutionary and mind blowing. Well, raising kids is a live event. It's happening in real time. And one of the things that we can do when we get triggered, when we feel impatient, in your case, example, when they're coming at me with a bunch of questions Mm -hmm. is hit pause, Hmm. like refuse to respond in the moment, refuse to feel like you have to give them an answer right now, refuse to say what's on your mind, refuse to give the easy answer because I just want the kids out of my hair or I I don't want to frustrate them. So I'm going to just right away give in. Um, If you can hit pause and it's okay to tell them, you know what, guys, give me a second. Mm hmm. Sometimes we think when children, maybe they're acting up or they're doing something that warrants and actually needs a quick response. Now, obviously, if your child's about to run out in front of a car, you can't hit pause before you react. (laughs) But a lot, I think we can hit pause a lot more often than we do. Mm. So this goes back years. And I think this is actually a version of hitting pause. And sometimes it was healthy and sometimes it wasn't. It was oftentimes when moms would say, and this is just a stereotype, but it was, it was very commonplace on TV shows and everything. You wait till your father gets home. When your dad gets home, we're going to deal with this. Right now. Sometimes that might've been avoidance or I'm just going to pass this off to my spouse. But there was also, I think sometimes a, a, a wisdom in Right now, if I respond right now, I'm not going to respond the way I want to. So I'm going to hit pause. Mm. We're going to wait till your dad gets home and he and I are going to talk and then we're going to address this behavior or this situation. Um, And I I bet you nine times out of 10, when you hit pause and just say, slow down, 
I, I don't have to respond right now. I don't have to give an answer right now. They might want the answer right now about if they can go out with their friends tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's Thursday night now. So I'm going to hit pause and think about it and get back to you. Um, so if you can hit pause, I think hitting pause prolongs your, your patience. That's really good. Yeah. That's a lot of wisdom there. I, I actually think just holding on to that is going to, you know, solve a lot of the impatient bursts, you know, because if you just give yourself a little time, a lot of times your emotions can have a little chance to settle down. Um, my next tip is to set age appropriate expectations and then make sure to communicate them. I think a lot of times, especially with parents with maybe younger or elementary age kids, it's easy to get frustrated because we feel like they're not behaving how they should be behaving. But it is always good to check what do we think it is that they should be acting like? like, And what's that standard? And mm. I read something somewhere that was super helpful for me in framing this was think about the difference between what is childishness and foolishness. And Hmm. I think it was an article and this article was saying, you know, childishness is part of a normal, healthy, developmental part of being a kid and growing up. And it might be like running through, you know, a muddy puddle. It might be climbing trees. It might be being a little bit rambunctious and, you know, like screaming and laughing and running out the house at a volume that like might be a trigger to if people are sensitive to sound or things like that. But again, those many of those things might be very age appropriate developmental stages while they're exploring and, you know, um, growing up and feeling like what that is. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you don't have boundaries as parents. You could say, you know, you can kick around the soccer ball in the house because, you know, we're we're set up for it, but you can't do it at our guest's house, you know, so you are allowed as parents absolutely to set the boundaries, but um, to identify that that is different from foolishness, which is in what I was reading more of like a deliberate disobedience. Mm. Like you've already told them, you've already communicated with them. This is not appropriate behavior and they willingly continue to do it. So thinking about those differences can really help maybe pick and choose your battles and maybe how riled up you get about it. Because sometimes I do find like when we just see our kids acting wild and you're tired, you're just like, ah, you know, why are you acting like this? Like this isn't the way you should be, but... Maybe that's not exactly accurate. Right. It could be that you're tired and you need to tell them to, you know, tone it down a little bit for mama's sake. But um, it does really just maybe help frame that they're not being bad. Right. They're just being children. Right. And you may need to set some boundaries, mm-hmm. but you don't need to get so riled up or upset right. about it like you're doing something right. wrong. Well, man, Grace, you're hitting on something that we could do a whole episode <laughs> on is we put adult expectations on kids in all mm-hmm. kinds of, in all kinds of categories. We, right. we expect yeah. kids to behave and respond and decision make and all the things the way we do as grownups, yeah. which is why we ask, what were you thinking? Because in our grownup mind, they should not, have, we would have never made that decision. We would have thought it through. We would, have, and we, we think, well, certainly you were thinking and you made a thought process and you came up with a decision to, <laughs> hit your little brother with, with the baseball bat or whatever the case may be. Well, that's very violent. Has nothing to do with my upbringing and what my older oh. brother did to me it has nothing to do with that. Um, but to allow kids to be kids, right? Sometimes we'll expand our patience just if we remember 
she's five. Yeah. He's 13. Right. And 13 year olds are bonkers. <laughs> and and it, I should have more patience because 13 year olds are bonkers. Um, that, that helps. I, I love that. Um, my final thought on how do you boost your patience um, is simply to focus on the positives, not the negatives. Mm. Sometimes it's very easy to slip into a mindset when we come to our kids of they always, they never, and we're focusing on the negatives. Um, and when we're focused on the negatives, our patience is going to be shorter. Mm -hmm. So examples could be they come home from school and it's report card week or whatever the case may be. And you get it in the mail or online, however you access your, your kids grades and they got a C mm -hmm. and, and for some of us that boom, that's a trigger grades are a trigger. Well, hold on a second. What's the positive side of that? Maybe last time around they got a, a C minus mm -hmm. or maybe they got five A's and they got one C. So it doesn't mean you don't pay attention to the C if that, if they should have done better and tried and you know, if the C is disappointing, but what, where can you in, in, in the middle of being a little bit disappointed about that grade, where are the positives within that? Mm. It's a step forward from where they were or yeah, they didn't do too good in that grade in that class, but boy, they're doing great other places. Um, when they didn't, they, their room is always messy and that's a trigger. Okay. Their room is always messy, but they're really responsible in so many other areas. And if you can remind yourself of that and catch your kids doing something good would be sort of my, my practical tip mm, like on how that. do you focus on the positives as well? Catch your kids doing something good. Remember all the awesome, good things they're doing, all the things they excel at all the times they get it right. And then when they get it wrong, your fuse probably won't be quite so short. But if you're always focusing on the stuff mm -hmm. they get wrong, well, of course, your patience is going to be thin because their shortcomings are front of mind. Mm -hmm. And when their shortcomings are front of mind, the fuse is automatically going to be a little bit shorter. Mm, yeah, that's good. And it's a good reminder because it's so easy to get caught in that loop. Of, right. And then once you start just seeing the bad, you, you start to see more of the bad. Right. And it just it's like a snowball. And so sometimes we just need that like little intervention and say, Hey, stop, right. stop, right. stop what you're thinking. Right. Always negative and try to catch the good. I love yeah. that. Um, my last point, and I'm going to kind of just go off of my second one instead of what I had in the notes there, Kurt. Um, but is to be, once you have age appropriate expectations and you're sort of thinking the difference between childish and foolishness and um, getting into that framework, of a thinking is to communicate your expectations clearly with your kids. I think a lot of times, at least for myself, when I get frustrated is when I feel like I have an expectation that I'd never communicated mm. and they're not meeting them. But I've never given my kids a chance to meet them. I just get upset because they're not right. meeting my expectations. And, and they don't even know what they are. They don't even know what they are. And... What's interesting is I think that when you really evaluate your behavior as parents, sometimes we can enable them not to meet our expectations. And I'll give an example to illustrate. Let's say the, you know, the kid's room is messy and the kids are playing somewhere else and I want them to clean their room right now. So I'll say, hey, you know, I'll start off really nice. Hey, Karis. Hey, Zoe. Hey, can you guys clean this mess that's in the middle of your room? And then they're, you know, off. Yeah, Okay. We'll be right there. And I'm doing my own thing. And I come back and like, oh, they haven't come. So I'm like, Karis, Zoe, hey, um, I asked you to 
clean the room? Can you come do that? Okay, mom. Then I go off and do my thing. They're still not there. Then what happens? Then my blood pressure starts to rise a little bit. Karis, Zoe, hey, I told you guys, come come over here, clean your room. They're like, all right. And then what happens? Uh, maybe a couple more times. And then finally, you know, you lose it. Karis, Zoe. Right. How come you guys never listen to me? I told you to do this and you're not here. And then, okay, you've just lost your patience. But when you look at that, in a way, we are upset. I'm upset because they're not meeting my expectation of listening the very first time. But the way that I'm parenting right there, I'm telling them through my actions, actually, there's no consequence until I'm yelling. Right. So until I get to that point, you really don't have to listen to me or right around that point. Because it's, you know, what I'm saying is when I'm asking nicely, you don't have to listen to me. But when I'm yelling, that's when you listen to me. And I'm building in that pattern. Mm. So to break that, if I tell my kids, if we have a conversation, not when we're mad, but like in a, a, a different space. And I just say, Karis and Zoe, my expectation is if I ask you to do something, maybe the first or maybe even the second time you guys listen. If not... Let's discuss a, what's a natural consequence or, or a agreed upon consequence. And it could be you don't get to do iPad tonight. And then next time, let's say I ask the first time, Karis and Zoe, can you come clean your room? Nope. Second time, okay. Last time, can you clean your room? I don't have to be upset. If they don't listen, I'll just say, okay. You know, no need to lose my cool. We just institute the shared understanding right. consequence that we talked about and um, it might seem a little prescriptive, but I will tell you, it's very, very effective. Yep. And you can just say, oh, I wish you could play iPad tonight. I really, really wanted you to play iPad. It almost right. like takes the personal, you know, kind of sensitivity out of it. It's just like, oh, well, hopefully next time you could be on your iPad, you know, something right. like that. And it's I just helpful it. that way. And you can take that one step further. And and your your daughters are about the age you can start kind of trusting that there'll be a realistic right, um, yeah. consequence that they come up with is asking them, mm, Hey, yeah. you guys, I'm willing to ask two times for you to clean your room. If I have to ask a third time, there needs to be some kind of, what do you think? What do you think the right consequence would yes, be? Oh, like well, that. we think maybe we can't play on the iPad if we, okay. And then when you have to you say, boy, I wish you could play on the <laughs> iPad, but you know, you, as you guys decided, you guys decided that if I had to ask you three times, you wouldn't be able to play with the iPad. And so I'm really just enforcing sort of the consequences that you guys said was the right one mm -hmm. um, is you kind of put, put the ownership back on, on, on them a little bit, which yeah. is responsibility and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Okay, man, that's a good one. What I want to do producer Chris is I want to let you talk for just a, a minute about these I'm, I'm just calling cheat sheets. So if you're new to the podcast, our, our big umbrella purpose of the podcast, mm -hmm. the reason we're doing the podcast is we, we, we have sort of a strategy in mind. There's lots of ways to raise kids, but we have one, one way that we sort of are always having in the background of our conversation. And that is that as parents, our goal is to raise um, interdependent lifelong followers of Jesus who desire to make a kingdom contribution that that at the end of the day, that's what the goal of parenting is. And one of the ways you do that is to understand the ages and stages and your roles and goals as parents and some things to think about along the way. There's all kinds of books out there and, and ministries that talk about parenting through the different phases is a, is a very popular one. Um, there's all kinds of stuff on, on um, you know, 
adolescent and childhood development and all that kind of stuff. So there's nothing new under the sun. What, what we're doing is not new. It's just our twist on it. But Chris, you put together some really cool, like one sheet on each parenting stage and the, the role and goal of parenting in that stage that I think for a lot of our parents, as you were talking about grace of setting age appropriate mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. well, understanding the stages of your kids and what your roles and goals are as a parent might help set some of those age appropriate. It gives you a better understanding of, of that. So Chris, can you talk about where they can find those and maybe a a little bit more about those one page for lack of a better phrase, cheat sheets? Yeah. So it's basically uh, seven like articles that we have seven short articles that we'll put together as a resource. And if you go to onpurposeparents.com and scroll down to the button that says resources. You'll click on that. We'll also put a, a link in these show notes gotcha. that, that we'll have here too. So um, yeah, you click on that and you'll be able to download a PDF of, of these articles. But it's basically uh, what is an on-purpose parent and then how to be an on-purpose parent. Gotcha. And then there's one, you're saying the word article, but they're really just a page long. Yeah. There's one page on each stage of, yeah. of your child. And your role and goal. So the caregiver, right, crafter, all the stuff yeah, that we talked and, about in and, the past. And tips on how to yeah. uh, achieve those goals. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good stuff and super simple. So thanks for putting that together, Chris. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks a ton. We hope this podcast, as always, is beneficial. Share it with a friend. And we will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com. All created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.